Delco. What is Delco? Urban Dictionary, maybe the best definition of any place in the history of any place. Delco is the nickname for Delaware County, not just a place to live, it's a way of life. Delco isn't something you obtain with a short visit while you're passing through. Never has been, or don't actually live here, you just won't understand. Delco is something you can spot across the bar while out of town. Speaking of bars, there's 42 to 1 ratio when it comes to bars to libraries. And it's cool to be a 26-year-old bar back. You're just waiting for your big break. Delco people love being from Delco. I don't know if there's anything special from Delco, except being a Delco guy, I kind of like it. We are live. What is up, Delaware County? It is episode number 36 of Delco Baseball Now. My name is Brennan Ricciardi. I'm joined by Ben Thorpe. And Ben, for the first time, we are live on video here. This is this is a little bit of a new experience. I'm going to be completely honest. I just before I get roasted, I'd like to point out my McDonald's headset that I have. This is this is the best way <laughs> to help with the uh, audio issues. Yeah. Hey, listen, if, if anybody needs their order taken, uh, Ben is your guy. If this is your first time seeing either of our faces, I'm so sorry you have to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, it is what it is, <laughs> you know. Uh, but listen, no, the main reason that we decided to do this is because, like, throughout this whole summer and, uh, and you know, baseball season, we've kind of learned that different people like to consume their content in very different ways. Like, some people would rather read articles. Some people would rather see, you know, graphics and the stuff on social media. Uh, but kind of what I learned through the whole Little League run was all these kids like eight years old, nine, 10, 11, like they love baseball and they love this content, but none of them have social media accounts yet. And none of them, you know, really knew about this because they're all on YouTube. So kind of trying to get this YouTube channel going is, I think, our our big next step, right? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That and I guess TikTok, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. Oh, man, TikTok would probably be more stuff like, you know, if we could get like live ABs or yeah, like, yeah, it'd have to be like, like highlights, I guess would probably be the best thing for, for TikTok. Uh, I don't think you'll see any of us dancing, but uh, you know, no, I def- that, definitely not on this half, but no, but I don't know. I, I mean, TikTok definitely has its stuff where you could be like, you know, mu- like you get someone like mic'd up in practice. You could have something where it's like a little like Q and a type thing. Uh, mm. so there's, you know, there's a lot of options. But I think YouTube is definitely a good start for doing more video stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about what's going on in the Delco baseball world right now, because quite frankly, there's there's really not that much going on. You know, now that media season has come to an end, it's mostly just talking about the Phillies at this point. But to wrap up the media stuff, they will be having a parade on State Street in media at three o'clock on Saturday. I don't know where it's going to start. Uh, I'd imagine they're kind of just going to go one end to the other, but there'll be a ceremony at Barrel Park after. And, I mean, that's got to be like every kid's dream, you know, to have a parade in your honor. Oh, that's got to be the coolest thing ever. I mean, it's uh, it's got to be – they've had to have had a pretty good time since coming back, just with I think like they had the Phillies game and now like the parade and everything. Probably makes up for them having their summer end and school starting and everything. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't trade that for anything. But, I mean, I can't even imagine the reactions they got when they walked into to seventh grade for the first time. 
I mean, like, obviously, you know, all of their, their friends will know about it, but like, there's probably teachers that didn't know like any of them that watch them on ESPN. And then, you know, they walk in and it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. God, now, yeah. I, now I got to give this kid vocabulary homework. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then the funny part. So uh, shout out Trevor Skoranek because he DM'd our account asking if we covered middle school baseball. And I was like, listen, man, if we had the staff to do so, that would be hilarious. But, I, you know, unfortunately, that's uh, not where our priorities are. I did tell him, though, that travel baseball is something that we could look to get into oh, just yeah. to keep us entertained in the fall, if anything. Yeah, I mean, because there is a lot of – there's a ton of fall ball that's going on. I mean, I'm, like, coaching some fall ball. So, it's like, yeah, there, there's a there's a ton of it. I think that, that could definitely be something good. Yeah, I mean, there's people like us that are – thinking about baseball all 12 months of the year like obviously i cover high school football too and it, you know it's football season in delco at the end of the day but there are still people that care about baseball at this time oh yeah i mean when it comes to the phillies pretty much everyone like that's yeah yeah and you know we we cover the phillies a little bit different than we cover all the other stuff because we're very open about the fact that we're just fans like i don't want to be a phillies reporter i don't want to be a phillies journalist like i don't want to be one of those people that has to sit in the press box and keep my mouth shut because I don't want everyone to know that I'm rooting for them. Like if you're in the press box, you can't cheer. You're supposed to be an objective journalist. Really? And obviously, even if you're like a Phillies journalist. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're a Phillies journalist, cause you're still, no, you're still supposed to be covering the team. Like you're, you know, you're not, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of Phillies beat writers that at least were Phillies fans. like grew up, but like you're not supposed to be. Huh? That's, yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, you know, there, it's a different world for like the, like the Jared Carabas's of the world that are like bl- more like bloggers. They're not supposed to be objective. They're writing to cater to the fans in that regard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, there's, yeah. there's definitely a difference between like what they do and I guess like what we do and like what actual, like not actual journalists, but like people who are hired by like more. I guess yeah, I, don't, like I don't know what the word be like publication. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like whatever. Um, no, but I think, you know, someday, and obviously this is only our, you know, we've just hit the one year mark back in June of, of this company as a whole someday, you know, a credential for us wouldn't be as much to sit in the press box. It would be to try and get a photographer to create our mm. own content and to be able to be there for the post game interviews, you know, yeah. it's like be able to like get video, or get audio like can you imagine if we're doing a show and then i can just like post a clip of like you know like an interview that we filmed or something like i think photography would definitely be one thing but at the end of the day like you know we've kind of learned that the content the social media stuff probably comes a tick ahead of the Mm. the print journalism but also like you know maybe we hire someone who either isn't a diehard phillies fan or is fine being like objective you know and and we can we can do the fan stuff yeah Possibilities of this. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, lots, that's a lot to be done. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the show here. Uh, also, last thing I'll say about the media, I just want to give a quick shout out to Little League because getting the credential and being able to be there was really cool. And I'm glad we got that opportunity. You know, we talked about it before, but just like we may never get to Williamsport again, right? It was, I mean, yeah. 60 years since that. Uh, so shout out Little League. They treated us very well. Uh, they, you know, they made sure that we were able to get into all the press conferences. They let my dad sit in the press box because it was basically empty on my side for the the second game that I went to. Oh, that's pretty so, sweet. Uh, 
don't know if you can hear my dog barking at nothing upstairs, but as one does. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into the program here. We're going to start off like we did on the last episode for the first time with uh, some updates from our minor league guys. All of our guys from Delco that are playing minor league baseball. Kevin McGonigal, first professional home run. Did you see that video? I did. I saw one where it was – I didn't see the full home run, but I saw when it it was kind of off the bat and then cut to him rounding the bases. But either way, like very cool. That's That's got to be an awesome milestone. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw that same one. It looked like left center off the bat. Like it was the same thing. It like cut to him running, then cut to him coming in the dugout, getting yeah, some yeah. cowboy hat or something, I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean, off the bat, it looked left center. Uh, and, you know, he's having a good start in, in single A Lakeland, which is encouraging because like he wasn't, you know, he didn't play bad in the, the, the Florida Complex League Tigers, like wherever he started in the rookie ball. But like he's playing better in single A than he was down there which is awesome. He's got a 313 average, 846 OPS. He's playing for the Lakeland Flying Tigers. But, like, you know, that's got to be just such a weight to get off the back. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think, like, I mean, the jump from high school to professional baseball is probably a lot, like, no matter what, rookie ball, single A, whatever. Um, so I think, with the, like, with the time that he's had down there, he's probably getting more comfortable, I would assume. But that first home run is – I feel like that could like open the floodgates a little bit. Yeah, and you know, I I truly think his ceiling is a second second or short second base or shortstop that hits for power, right? And that's something yeah. that is pretty rare, especially at second base. Like when you think of current power hitting second baseman, like I mean, Bryson Stott's like up there. I mean, Marcus Semyon, like there yeah. aren't many guys that truly hit for, and I'm talking like 25 to 30 power. What was it? What was the quote from like Always Sunny with the uh, when they were talking about Chase oh, Utley? It was something like, <laughs> "Do you know how rare it is in the National League to to have a second baseman that hits for power?" I think that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's in the National League, like the way he said it. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he he's got the type of game that like he's you know po- I think polished was the word that a lot of scouts were using. Where it's, yeah, you know, where it's just like his swing is very pretty. There aren't many holes in it. He's a good defender. He's qu- he's been stealing a lot of bases, and I don't think anybody in Delaware County is surprised at the the quick success. Not at all. Definitely, uh, definitely not. It was polish is a, I think especially offensively is a very good word to use for him. I think for him, I would say his goal is to probably try and you know start at high A next year. That would be ideal. Maybe start at single A and then make it up to high A next year. But I think no matter how well he plays, it might be tough for him to make double A next season just because how young he is. But you never know. I mean, Jackson Holiday's in triple A. He's 19. So, yeah, I mean, Jackson Holiday's also was hitting like upper threes through the entire thing. But no, yeah, it's, you know, maybe there, who says he can't go do that? But definitely as like a, I guess he'd be 19. If he's somewhere, if he has a good season in single A, I think that's beyond the success. Yeah, and I think, you know, you go into the offseason, like something that I personally like to do is I like to have a realistic goal and a lofty goal, yeah. right? Like, you know, last year for school is like, all right, our, you know, our goal, our realistic goal is like, let's win a national championship and lofty is like, let's try and be like all American, something like that, right? Like, I think he can have the, all right, like, let's get to high A, maybe see if we can get to double A. And, yeah. uh, and I'm curious, I'm pretty sure. If I'm not mistaken, I'm going to look it up now. I'm pretty sure one of the Tigers minor league teams is an Erie. Uh, the the 
Sea Wolves. Yeah, I don't know what level here. I'm gonna look up what level it is. I'm pretty sure they were two double A or triple A because it used to be in the show. So all right, so single A is Lakeland, high A is West Michigan, Erie's double A, and Toledo's triple. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, awesome to see the great start. Uh, I assume they don't have much season left at this point. I mean, I know that already, uh, just moving down the list a little bit, uh, it, I think Ethan Pecco and Tom Kane are shut down. Their numbers haven't changed much since the last time I looked at them. Both of those guys had a full college season, a full summer season. So it'll be nice for them to be able to just come back home and just get back to training, kind of take a deep breath. Like you had such a, a hectic spring, summer, you know, waiting to get drafted, and then you get immediately sent down to your complex and then just get right out there and start playing like, it's got to be nice for them to just have a full off season, which they probably haven't had in a while. Yeah, no, it definitely, I think would be good. I, I, I don't know like how that works, like getting shut down and everything, I guess maybe, I don't know, like velo drops or something. They just kind of, I think especially the college guys are probably just like, all right, like first year you're good. Cause they did that with Paul Skeens too. So like, it's, it's going to be good to just get home, relax, kind of take in everything that's happened and, just get back to work, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully we get some interviews in uh, at some point, you know, doing the format like this, like Ben and I are not together right now was kind of just to test out this format with like the template and everything. I mean, the goal someday is to be able to do shows in person with just like different camera setups. And uh, I think doing interviews at different training facilities would be pretty cool. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to add something in here uh, as news. I'm not sure if this counts uh, but like, it, I think it does. So, you know, there's two main training facilities, like right in Delco on Newtown square and there's on deck and there's the bell ringers. And I'm pretty sure at this point, this is public knowledge, but they actually are going to be merging. Oh, really? They're a merging. Called, a company called EL one is a partner with major league baseball. There's actually one in Conshohocken by you okay. as well. So EL one bought them both huh. and they're going to be moving into the facility that the bell ringers have been using like the Philadelphia baseball training called EL one Newtown square now. And I don't think I'm not breaking news because I have friends that coach for the bell ringers. Like they all know, like all the on deck people know might be some news to the general public. I don't know what's going to happen with their travel teams, but what I do know is the on deck facility is Dunzo in October Hmm. and all going to be, you know, going to the the bigger bell ringers thing. But just wanted to add that in with the whole, training facility that it's pretty much in delco it's ascent it's el1 newtown square and all-star that's kind of like the big three right yeah yeah those are kind of the those are the big dogs and then i mean obviously there's like other ones that kind of i know um what do you know where's brain and barrel i see them pop up a bunch are they i've seen that with sammy b i think someone literally just told me where they were and I completely forgot. I, Look it up. I, no, I have seen that before. I didn't know if that was a Delco thing or not. It looks like I've, it's, it's I've seen a lot of – okay. Oh, so it's out by me. Yeah, at least – I don't know if there's multiple locations, but that's where this one is. Uh, it's not quite Delco, but when Delco guys go there, it's, it's yeah. it fits in. But um, all right, let's keep it rolling here. So uh, Chris Clark, along with McGonagall, also got the call up to single A. Heck of a team name here, the Inland Empire 66ers. What I don't happened even in 66. I don't know. I also don't know where inland is, but let's see. Uh, it's in San Bernardino, California. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the the 60 – what is a 66er? Uh, hmm. 
All right, yeah, that's Google beverage. So I don't think that's probably what it's about. Um, But yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a California based team, which makes sense for the Angels. He's picking up right where he left off in terms of strikeouts. I mean, he's got twenty-two strikeouts in nineteen innings so far for the sixty-sixers. It seems like all right. uh, I got the. I I know why. Why? Why the sixty-sixers? They're named after Route sixty-six that runs not far from the stadium where the team plays. There we go. That makes a lot yeah, more. There we go. Now everyone's learned something today. Yeah, and you can still call them the Sixers too. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, same thing we were talking about with Chris Clark, Haverford School, and Harvard alum. The last time, six games, six games started so far in his tenure there. Love so that. It seems like he's going to get that opportunity. I mean, when you get a guy like him that's six four, six five, you know, you, you use the cliche like he projects as a starter. You know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, obviously they're going to give him every chance and. I forget who it was. There was a reliever, um, I'm blanking on his name in the majors, that was wearing a failed starter T-shirt. Andrew Chafin. Is that who it was? Okay, I think yeah. it was Andrew Chafin, yeah. I had the name in my head, but I wasn't quite sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, they're going to give him the shot to be a starter, see what happens, go from oh, there. Hey, if he does well, the Angels like to move guys up that system. So Yeah, I mean, shout out Nolan Shanuel for making the majors like three <laughs> months too. he was drafted. Uh, That's got to be insane. Like, you got your college buddies. You're like, yeah, uh, playing for the Angels now. Yeah, and, like, no disrespect to Florida Atlantic, but, like, 98% of the people he played with are done baseball after college, right? Like, yeah, I can't imagine that many people out of Florida Atlantic get drafted. Probably, like, I probably guess, like, two or three maybe of his team, you know, would, end up so, yeah. would get it because they're still a good program. But, uh yeah. It's it's exciting. Uh, shout out Chris because he actually did want to come on the show uh, after he got drafted, but apparently in his Angels contract he had to get permission from the organization first. Oh, and that was something that was kind of just like a all right, like we'll we'll catch up in the off season. That's yeah, like, that's yeah, that's, like, you know, that's a weird. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I don't know if it's just just an huh. Angel specific thing. I mean, I think it is because when we were going to talk to Verbitsky, like he didn't mention anything about that. So interesting. Yeah. All right, let's move on here. Shout out Billy Corcoran. He got the spot start. I saw on Twitter for the Hillsborough Hops. Three shutout innings there. I guess spot start either means that they have had him working out of the pen more, or maybe it's like a, he was supposed to pitch one day and didn't. So let's see. It looks like for Hillsborough, he's mostly been coming out of the pen. Uh, yeah, that's usually a spot starts like a pen guy's guy. Yeah. I would assume someone probably got called up or sent down or released yeah. or something and he or hurt, and he was – the guy who stepped up to take that spot, which shout yeah. out to him, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly always thought he was going to end up as a starter as well, because like his pitch mix definitely tailors more to starter. Like when you see someone that is kind of low nineties with a, a really good changeup, you kind of think that's someone that's going to like go out there and go through a lineup like two or three times instead of coming in late in the game to like blow up by him. But I don't know, maybe, maybe like long relief is his role. Like someone like a, you know, like a Lorenzen or like a Matt Strom where it's like, hey, like if yeah. you need me to start, I'll start. If you need me to bail out a starter who's struggling, I can do that too. Mm-hmm. Or he's trying I- to put on Velo too. That could yeah. be. Yeah, it's a valuable valuable tool to have for sure. All right, let's, uh, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, so I don't think we've actually talked about this guy too much on the program. Andrew Bechtold is someone that when I used to train at Maple Zone, I'm talking like way back like 2016, 2017 – he had been drafted out of Garnet Valley. Uh, I think he got drafted by I – mean, he's been with Minnesota this whole time. Yeah. But he's got an 800 OPS in AAA for the Twins. Right. 
Now, the issue for him is, have you seen what Royce Lewis has been doing for the Twins? No, but I would assume he's doing pretty well. He's hit three grand slams in the last, like, month. Oh, my. Okay. Yeah, yeah so he's, he's killing it. That's – Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was, like well, – he was their top pro- – he's been their top prospect for a yeah. long time. I, I want to say he was picked first overall. I don't – I don't want to – I know it was first round, like, somewhere. I think I he think. was first overall. It was definitely uh, – Definitely first round. Was he first um, overall? It looks I think like he, he was. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, the, the issue there is like he plays the same position, third base, as Bechtold does. Mm. So that's kind of like ah, all right. Unless you yeah. hit three grand slams in a month, you're kind of yeah in a tough spot. Um, but yeah, no, he's he's another guy I could see kind of doing like a Jim Haley, where it's like you've been in one organization your whole career. At this point, for him. It's got to be coming on like six, seven, eight years. Maybe it could just be like, hey, like I would just like a fresh start somewhere else. Maybe see if I can get mm-hmm. a chance to break through. But I mean, either way, like 800 OPS, 257 average in AAA for the the St. Paul Saints. They didn't really strain themselves huh. on that team name. No, no, didn't. Listen, we're fans of the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm not going to sit that's here funny. and like, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and come at people about names. That's, that's fair enough. Um, that does seem like a good transition, though, into the Phillies portion because, you know, for the minor league, I, I don't have the exact number off the top of my head. I think there's somewhere around maybe like 10 or 15 Delco guys in the minors right now. Uh, I have a list. I mean, just, you know, right that there. Sounds- I mean, we just talked about right there alone. We talked about, you know, the four that got drafted this year, Billy, Bechtold, Verbitsky, Furman, Kahanowitz, Mark Washington, um, I mean, that's just 10 right off the bat right there. Uh, yeah. Chris Newell, like I'm sure there's guys that are, are slipping through the cracks um, just of what we've been talking about right there. But, I mean, I think that's Jim Haley. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, somewhere around 10 or 15. Brendan Little still in the league? Ooh. Or not the league, but well, he, in the minors. I think he's still with the Cubs um, because he, he definitely debuted last year. I do remember that. He did? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like he's in AAA right now. Yeah, okay, last, yeah, yeah, last year the Cubs were not good at the end of the year, so I think he just yeah, got yeah, 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 yeah. to uh, to play. I, I forgot about him because in my head, Conestoga doesn't like immediately pop out. Uh, not, he's having a solid year. He's got a four five ERA for uh, for the Iowa Cubs right now. Okay, respectable. Sixty five strikeouts, six, 64 innings, get the job done. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, we we definitely have to start setting odds on like who's the next Delco guy to make his. We'll say big league debut because yeah. I mean, you got to think it's Haley or Bechtold just based or, or Mark Washington based on the triple A. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Minor league baseball is a tricky thing. And and that's why I think, you know, talking to these guys in the offseason will be cool to just get like some, you know, like I want to talk to all the guys that just got picked. I'm like, all right, take me through like what it was like from the second you got the phone call. to like the second you threw the first pitch, right? Like the stuff mm-hmm. you don't really hear about as much. All right, let's uh, let's let's keep it going here. We'll get into the Phillies portion of the program here. Uh, shout out Trey Turner for the birth of his son Tatum Turner. I believe it's Tatum Trey Turner. So we're going triple T here. Wow, that is a like, what's the alliteration? Yeah, solid solid alliteration. I mean, I just can't wait for Tatum Turner and Crew Harper to join Liam Castellanos <laughs> in twenty what, like twenty forty five to. 
to play with the boys. I guess Liam would be there a little bit earlier because he's yeah. already, well, he's nine. So yeah. Liam will be the aging vet on the team. Yeah. <laughs> we'll show him the ropes. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's, it's exciting. Uh, and I think it's funny that you see people are saying it was like around nine months since he signed the contract. Yeah, that's, I mean, hey, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, personally, I would have liked him to wait to the offseason, but, you know, we still, we, we split the games where he was gone in San Diego. So he's coming, he's uh, coming down the, he's coming down the stretch with a new dad strength. That's, all that's right. true. I, I don't know if it's his first child. Um, I don't think it is, but I don't think so either. And I don't but, know how it works, but I would imagine dad strength just multiplies. Per yeah, I mean, the Antonio Cromartie on the Jets. It's like the more kids yeah. he has, the more you're laying people out. You know, Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Dude, like, yeah, he got better with age. Like, like a full NFL team of of children. So he's at uh, like 10 or 11 now, isn't he? I, it, I, it might be double digits. I know, I know at one point it was nine. Those I'll Team Rivers could play like Team Cromartie in yeah. flag well, football, I guess. Uh, we always joked um, – you know, as a Strathaven guy, Kevin Clancy, our head coach, I think he has eight or nine kids, and we always run him like, "You guys wow. have like a fantasy league between like all of the kids." That would be fun. Yeah, yeah, it would. Um, let's talk about Turner from a baseball side, though, because you know it's been two weeks since we uh, were on the air. We wanted to kind of take a breather after that long little league season ended, and just, uh, I mean, we've been basically, you know, covering stuff nonstop since March, really, when high school baseball started. But I mean. That Angel series, I think, is where Turner truly, like, truly broke out in terms of having the mm-hmm. clutch homers. Like, you know, the standing O and the hot streak was great, but, like, he had impacts in almost every game. I think he had homers in, I want to say, five straight games, definitely at least four. Yeah, he had a few because that was – I mean, he's been unbelievable for a while now. I mean, he might set a career high in homers in the year that was, like, you know, for the majority of it, the worst – probably the worst baseball year of his life. Because you think a guy like that probably never struggled in high school, never struggled mm-hmm. in college, right? Like his his career high in homers is twenty eight, which would mean he only needs to hit six more in September. That's always really he's never broken thirty. Nope, never huh. broken thirty. He's that hit, would be insane for him to get his like if he broke thirty this year after just yeah. the start he had, yeah, an abysmal start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I this is probably. I would argue like one of the hottest streaks I've ever seen of a Phillies player in the regular season. I mean, Harper's playoffs last year was like an yeah, easy those one. were. Yeah, I, I mean, mean Harper's. From what I've thought, I feel like Harper has most of the hot streaks, especially in like the regular season. Yeah, I mean, just off the top of the head, like Reese Hoskins when he made his debut, hit like mm, yeah. twenty homers in forty games. You know, Dom. That one month of Dom Brown. Don't even get me started on that one month of Dom Brown. Adubo Herrera had like a because he made an All Star game yeah, too. Yeah. He had a really good. Yeah, I'm trying, I mean, and then like you had like the Howard Utley Rollins, but those guys I feel like were just yeah. I mean, Howard was just hot good. for like four years. Yeah, <laughs> Rob, you know? yeah, yeah. He had, he had a four year hot streak, and then yeah. the Achilles went. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I mean, it's just like it's exciting to see, and it brings a whole new dynamic to the offense because like. Not only is he getting on base, but he's fast. And having, you know, w- when you have Schwarber at the top of the order, it's nice to have some other speed there. To mm-hmm. you know, so who do you think wins a race? Schwarber starting on second or Turner starting on first? Ooh, uh, I think it's still Schwarber on second. I don't think that's enough. I don't think that's enough distance. Okay. What about? Do you think it would take 
Oh, I'm trying to think of some like hypotheticals here. I feel like endurance would be the issue for Schwarber. So like, do you think Turner could go like twice around the bases before Schwarber did like once or something like that? Even then still probably, it's gotta be, it's gotta be like a bigger scale. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, either way, you know, we can talk about Schwarber for a sec just because he hit his 40th home run. He might have an OPS over 800 with an average under 200. And, you know, I'm, I'm a Schwarber, you know, I mean, if, if we have to separate ourselves into Schwarber haters and Schwarber lovers, I'm on the lover side. But, you know, it's just amazing, like, how, like, unusual this season is and how many people still insist on moving him out of the leadoff spot. Like, you, you can't do that at this point. Yeah, it's – I think it, for part of it, it's just it creates such a unique um, – it, it puts, like, the starting pitcher in such a unique position. I don't think there's anyone that – I mean, for once, like, Schwarber, I think, clearly – does very well at a leadoff spot. It, like it's not random that he's had so many home runs in the first at bat of the game. Um, so like, I think it's like a unique challenge for opposing pitchers that makes life a lot harder. And I don't know. I, I think having that there is a lot better than somewhere else in the lineup. He's just a tone setter. Like, I think I heard on the radio that he's hit a home run to lead off a game 13 times as a Philly and they're nine and four in those games. Yeah, and it's I mean like I feel like you don't want it's just, this could be weird but just thinking through it like having an all or nothing guy like that in the middle of the lineup kind of makes things hard cuz like the times you get it all and there's guys on and everything like great but the more increasingly times you don't get anything it's kind of like well okay now we're we're either out of an inning stranded guys so like you put that in the leadoff position and it's like Okay, we either start with an out or we're up one nothing, and it's like, yeah, and that and works. I, I don't think enough people talk about Schwarber's walks because, like, he does draw a lot of walks, you know, and like I know as a leadoff hitter, like speed is usually supposed to be a big part of it, but you want your leadoff hitter to get on base, right? And I think that not enough people are are thinking about that when they you know want him to to drop down but at the end of the day it's about comfort he likes hitting mm. the leadoff spot the team plays better when he hits there and nobody's going to be complaining about it when he leads off the wild card round with a homer right like it's, yeah no that's you have to you know you, you have to deal with the some games where he goes over four three k's but he might hit 50 home runs so yeah i mean this is just who he is as a hitter at this point i mean before like, he's had higher averages before but you know, this this is what it is this year, and I think the leadoff is definitely the best spot for him. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, the last individual player I want to talk about before we kind of just get into, like, the game recaps and the previews, are you a little worried about Michael Lorenzen? Um, no. Not, like, it's – I mean, the entire pitching staff as a whole right now is a little bit worrying, but I think it's also one of those things where, like, hey, like, let's – I don't know. It's a long season. Lorenzen has been a starter now after being a reliever for so long. This is probably getting close to like the most work he's gotten. He might be getting tired. Other guys might be getting tired. It's one of those things where like, Hey, let's maybe get to the finish line and then get the playoffs. Let that adrenaline kick come in. And now we're firing all cylinders. But like with Lorenzen, he is like, he's always been a contact pitcher. Um, and uh, Philly's not a particularly pitcher friendly park, so kind of being being a contact pitcher in that park sometimes 
won't work out for you. I, I know doing a no hitter to start kind of sets expectations sky high, but I don't know. I think he kind of is where he has been. It's he's given up runs, but I don't know. I'm sure he'll follow up with a couple of really good games as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, realistically, once the playoffs start, you know, you're, you're going to see Wheeler, Nola, Ranger, and Walker as the four starters with him and Chris Sanchez is probably the long guys. That, that would be my yeah. guess. No, I think that, that probably, that's probably the best way to go I, about it. Yeah. And I think the more interesting question then goes who starts the third game? And honestly, it, at the end of the day, it could come down to just righty lefty. Like if you if you're playing a team with a lot more righties and you throw Walker lefties Ranger, I personally would trust Ranger more because man, Taiwan Walker's first inning scared the hell out of me. Like it seems like every game, like you look at his box score, it's like all right, like you know three or four runs allowed, but like they're like all in the first inning. That's the scary part about that is too like both of those both Walker and Ranger, you're gonna need like your bullpen pretty stacked and right. Like so like. I mean, granted, you're going to need that anyway in a playoff series where one of Wheeler or Noel is going to have to give you a gem. But I would, I would also go Ranger. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I watch Walker pitch, and it's like I don't like. I feel like his playoff start's going to be a couple runs, like 75 pitches through three innings, and we're just going to be screwed. Yeah. But I mean, have, he could. Yeah. No, sorry. What are you saying? Oh no, I did could obviously prove me wrong. It's, I'm not going to act like I know everything, but that's that would be my guess for him in a playoff start. If he doesn't have his splitter, he's going to get shelled. That's yes, yeah, absolutely. But if he has it, then he's hard to hit. And uh, I don't know. I, I think just knowing what we've seen from Ranger, that he's got like that clutch gene, like he bears he's a down. dog. You know, he's he's probably what it's going to be. All right. Uh, it was honestly not a bad road trip for the Phils. I mean, if you told me going into you're taking on a division leader on the road, and then you're taking on a team that is, should be way better than they are in the Padres. That mm-hmm. they go three and three coming off a great homestand. I'm fine with that. It just it stings a little when they blew that one game in Milwaukee on that boom error. But you know they yeah that one. for it. They uh you know they they tried to blow that nine to one lead on Monday, <laughs> Padres. But you know three and three, that's a uh, that's a completely valid road trip. And now they come home from Miami. Yeah, that's that should be another big one. I mean, they're currently in the they're currently in that third wild card spot, but yeah, I mean, it's that that bone one hurts so bad though. It just you can tell like it hurt him. It hurt. It just hurt because they were out of that. I mean, and that's that's tough. It just hurts because like all season, I feel like I haven't even thought about like how awful bone was at third last year. Like mm-hmm. he's not a you know he's not an elite defensive third baseman. But last year, he was, like, almost unplayable at third. And this year, I mean, I have to give credit to him and the Phillies infield coach um, blanking off his name. I think it's, like, Dickerson or Dickinson or something. Um, completely blanking. But, like, he looks like a major league caliber third baseman. And that's why, like, that game just gave you flashbacks to last season. Yeah, that's – I mean, errors happen. Um, but that was a particularly brutal one at a really bad time. Yeah, and it's always, uh, at the end of the day, like, physical errors happen. It wasn't a mental mistake. He didn't throw to the wrong base. He didn't forget the outs. Like, he missed a ground. No, yeah, he just – yeah. And that's – I think, like, if there's a team to do that on, it's the Phillies. Like, they, they're going to be uh, – from everything that I've gotten from that team is they're very much, like, they're going to pick him up and make sure that, you know, one, that doesn't happen again, but two, he's, like, not thinking about that when he goes and yeah. makes other plays. 
right, well, this weekend against the Marlins, it's weird. Uh, I'm going to double-check again now, but MLB did not have a starter listed for any of the Marlins pitchers for any of the games. So I don't know if they just if they just don't know what they're doing yet uh, because for the Phillies, so tomorrow it's going to be – I believe it's Chris Sanchez. Let me just double-check that. Chris Sanchez. Okay, so now they have Yuri Perez listed on Friday. Saturday, they still don't have anybody. Okay, so now it says Johnny Cueto. So Johnny Cueto and then Aaron. Uh, he's Cueto. still on the Marlins. Yeah, we're going to Or not still, but on the Marlins. Uh, Sunday is TBD. I will actually be there Saturday night because it is Childhood Cancer Awareness Night, so something that Sweet. impacts my family, my whole family, and our foundation's going. I heard we're getting uh, gold Phillies hats, so that'll be pretty cool. Nice. Um but, yes, yeah, so I'll be there. I'll get some in-depth reporting on that game. But same thing. Like, you know, you would love a sweep, but just, like, just give me two out of three. And just win yeah. every series, and you're going to make the playoffs. At this point, with the the lead that we're going to pull up in a second here, that's pretty much how I feel. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. All right, well, let's, uh, let's test out this uh, handy-dandy screen-sharing function here just to get a quick look at the uh, the wildcard standings here. Oh, that's baby. Wizardry. Look, look this all right let's start off with the al because we've spent most of our time talking about the nl so far baltimore with a very comfortable lead for the one seed in the american league i mean the rays are a couple games back from them i should rephrase that and say the al east is pretty pretty comfortable with the one seed yes yeah that's I, i mean I don't see tampa catching baltimore at this point so you could probably just say baltimore but yeah the the al east like those two teams are they've they've done the work to get themselves pretty much clear of everyone else. Yeah. Yeah, and and shout out to Houston Astros. Uh, I'm going to give them their credit, but at the end of the day, I'm going to say this is more about the Rangers than it is about the Astros because the Rangers, I mean, this is a colossal meltdown. Yeah, and I don't like weirdly enough, I was going to say like also, I think you got to give a lot of credit to Seattle cuz they've now thrown themselves they went from nowhere and threw themselves firmly in this playoff thing where honestly like whoever loses the AL East is going to get a red hot either Houston or Seattle team in that fifth wild card and they're probably going to be in trouble um but yeah dude the Rangers thing just I don't know I feel like it like almost came out of nowhere the same way Seattle's run did I will pick Seattle against Tampa 100% just because Seattle, like you said, they're going to be red hot. They're oh, going yeah. to throw out there Luis Castillo, George Kirby, like somebody. Like, I will pick them in that series for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that Texas was so good in the first half of the year, did a bunch of additions at the deadline, and then got this much worse is a very weird dynamic. Like, they added, uh, they added Max Scherzer, obviously. They added some more starting pitching. They had an all-star team – you know, it filled infield like they had multiple all-star starters and it's just been a ridiculous meltdown. So I did not see that coming. I thought they were I th- I mean, I wouldn't you know have been surprised to hear the Astros would win the division. But the yeah, fact that they yeah. might not make it is embarrassing. Yeah, that's I mean, I don't think they are going to make it. It's hard to especially at this late in the year. It's hard to turn that around, especially when like Toronto has been playing. I mean, Everyone above them has been playing really well. You've got the Yankees who are – they just swept Houston. They're charging up the up the standings. It's – I think it's going to be a tough, tough September for them. 
Yeah, and, and you know, let's talk about the Yankees for a sec because they are only six and a half games back. They're undefeated since they kind of brought up the, uh, the young guys like Jason Dominguez and uh, some of their other prospects. And, you know, I'm not going to completely rule them out because six and a half games is tough, but it's not impossible. And it's really one of those things where it's like, this is what happens when you get out the old veterans that aren't playing well and bring in the young guys with something to prove, right? Like I was just talking with one of my, my Yankee fan uh, friends about this. And I joked that like during our club season this year, like coming off the injury, I did not play very well at the start. And then once we, we brought in our stud freshman first baseman who probably, probably should have started over me to begin with. <laughs> but uh, once, you know, once he started playing and, you know, some of the guys that were, key members of our team last year kind of took a back seat for the new talent to come in. That's when as an offense, we really hit our stride and came together. Like these Yankees kids, like they're playing with nothing to lose. Like if they don't make the playoffs, that's not on them. They're coming in trying to show what they can do. And they're just having more fun than an old injured Josh Donaldson. Yeah, definitely. I think it's like, I think definitely the change in expectations for the team. I think there's probably a lot of pressure that just got taken off by the moves that were made, that was, I, I wish my roommate was, he is a huge Yankees fan. And I have been getting like, been hearing this for just so long. So I'm kind of happy that it's finally happened, but then like now it's happened and now he's like, Oh, why didn't they do it earlier? So that that's been, that's been a fun conversation to have, but yeah, I think getting new guys in just like changes everything up a little bit. And now you, you got some energy, you know, you don't have these old vets that are just, I don't really know what their goal it was but enjoy the big leagues while they could yeah know? pretty much that's like Josh Donaldson's days of being a starter on a contender are over yeah no it's done and that's they're gonna need they're gonna need someone of those three to have a collapse I guess either they're either gonna need Seattle to just like stop dead in their tracks or Toronto to go on a terrible run to probably have a chance but it's it's cool to see like those their those young guys kind of get up and do it. I mean, people have been talking about Dominguez as, as a star for so long. It's gonna it's cool to see him up and like having success and just you know seeing what the future could hold for him. Oh yeah, I mean, I knew about the nickname Martian like four years ago when he was yeah. like a sixteen year old switch hitter that looked like MLB ready immediately. You know, dude, they were calling like the next Mike Trout at like fifteen or yeah. sixteen. Yeah. It was all right. Yeah, like, final thoughts on. Yeah, final thoughts on the AL. I think it's going to be this group of six teams. Like, the Rangers are still talented. Wouldn't surprise me if they make it. But, I mean, if I'm a betting man, like, I think Toronto is probably better than Texas. But mm-hmm. uh, let's uh, let's quickly move on to the NL here before we wrap up the program for today. The Atlanta Braves with their two 230-plus run differential uh, is just silly looking at the rest of them. I mean, the Braves won the division. The Dodgers won the division. I want to talk about the Chicago Cubs, though. Because the, the Cubs are a very talented team that they could win the NL Central. They're only a couple games back. Yeah, they they've been hot too. That was that's a they're like a weird group of guys who are like I feel like there's a weird group of team of players on the team that are good but not like really good or great. But they've just been I don't know, they've just been doing it, man. Like they're they're doing great. Yeah. Like the best player on their team is probably Cody Bellinger, honestly. Like yeah. with he's having might be Cody Bellinger. I guess Justin you could say, Steele. yeah, you could say Steele just because he's a Cy Young contender. It's probably, um, yeah. I mean, I, if I'm being honest, like I would, I think 
it, it's weird. I'm going to say this, but we'll see if it makes sense. I think the Cubs are better than the Brewers, but I'd rather play the Cubs in the wild card than the Brewers because the Brewers pitching and bullpen scares the hell out of me in just like a short series. Like the Cubs outside of Steele and Stroman, you know, like might taper off a little. Like in a three-game series, I think that I would probably rather play the Cubs. Yeah, uh, and the Brewers have had our number. The, I mean, that too. Like the Brewers, you look at them, they're – I don't know. They're like, I feel like they're not built for chaos, but if they can control a game, like they're going to control a game. Um, so that's kind of where they, like they, you fall behind them and you're probably screwed. The Cubs, I don't know much. I don't know a ton about honestly, because I, I don't think I've watched them play once this year, but they have kind of a little bit of an inexperienced thing. I think I'd rather see the Cubs as well. They're, they're a team that I don't want to play them in Wrigley. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, if we're away, I think I'd rather go to Milwaukee. There might be more Phillies fans in Milwaukee than Brewers fans. Yeah, right? I I want nothing to do with going to Wrigley. That's yeah. So that at home, I'd rather play the Cubs away. Uh, definitely Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense for me. Um, I mean, I like where the Phillies are at. I think at this point, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know what seed. I don't know where. I think that. I mean, as we saw last postseason, like it is a big deal getting that home field advantage in that first round for mm-hmm. sure. And uh, I think that, you know, the schedule, we have to play the Braves two more series, which is going to be tough, but it also kind of be like a measuring stick. Also kind of just like get us back into that rhythm of like playing these elite teams and see how we stack up. But I mean, I, the, the last wild card is going to be just a shit show. Yeah, I, I that's going to be yeah. chaos. I hope it comes down to – I mean, I'm sure by now you've seen that documentary for like the 2011 wild card. Like yeah. The last, like the game 162. Like that having, what, four teams going for the last spot is way crazier than anything that happened on that day. If, if they're all within one game on the last day and all the games start at the same time on the last day at 3 o'clock. Do they? Yeah. All is, the that games, thing, is that a new thing now? Okay. Last year. All right. That's really cool. I, I didn't know they did that. Yeah. That would be, that'd be sick. Yeah, um, I just want to give a quick shout out to the most confusing baseball team of all time, the San Diego Padres, because you look <laughs> at their. Um, I don't know how well people can even see the numbers on here, but you look at the run differential. There's one team on the bottom half that's in green, and they're plus sixty four. And I don't know how they calculate this like expected win loss column thing that's like you know, right here. I don't know how they do it, um, but regardless. Like the Padres, they're like 0 and 10 in extras. They're like absurdly under 500 in one run games. Like, I think they're just, it's a combination of bad luck and they're just not being clutch. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's, it's just kind of, I feel like they're having just like an all time bad vibe season. Just, it is bad vibes. It's, there's so much like talent there for them to not to be, I mean, I wouldn't call them like, bad but they're definitely not good underwhelming yeah very underwhelming that would be the word like you know i say this like and then i realized like they threw rich hill against us you know then it's like all right maybe it's because outside of snell that's also true i mean they got what snell darv darv darvish isn't hurt right now he's he pitched yeah so snell darvish it's Beyond that, I actually I don't know who they have. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Musgrove. Yeah, I mean, final predictions here. Like, I think the Phils and Cubs make it the last spot. I mean, honestly, like, I think the most talented team here 
is probably Jesus. I feel like they're they're all very similar. I mean, just based on oh, I don't know, man. I think top to bottom, Cincinnati. Maybe I don't. I don't really know. I I see. I would have said they were the least out of the least talented out of all of them. I guess they have. I don't know. They're just very young. Probably Arizona. Go out with Merrill Kelly and Zach Allen. Like they could give the Brewers some trouble. Yeah, that was Arizona's probably one there. Honestly, like as boring as I think Miami might hang on to it. They have they have better arms than everyone. Yeah. I don't know. A lot going on here. I'm going to stop the screen sharing because we are coming to an end for the first video podcast. I think overall, I mean, the fact that like this is being recorded, but in the future we'd like to do it live. We didn't really have many times where we had to like, you know, stop, check it, like, you know. No, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's part of also like doing these more that we're getting. But I would hope we're getting better at them. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, when I used to do the Phillies podcast with Drew, we briefly did live stuff. Actually, with this software, shout out Streamyard. I knew about it. it. Uh, I told I told Drew, I'm like, we're getting the band back together for like, a, if you know, hoping we make the playoffs for like a playoff preview. We'll I bring, like it. Bring Drew back on. Uh, he's in he's in DC right now, but yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much all I got for this program. Make sure if you're not doing anything Saturday, come out to the media Little League parade and uh, and show the boys some love. They deserved it for all the work they put in. Uh, I told Tommy Bradley he's not touching, you know, a, a tab all night. These are on. These are. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, this is a business expense. Hundred percent. Love like, that. I, like after all that you guys have done for you know our growth, I'm like we we owe you. Like Shirley Temples for all the boys too. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Perfect that we finished wrapping this up right before the uh, the Chiefs and the Lions game gets rolling here. But uh, as always, thank you for tuning in. If you have not yet, subscribe down below. Uh, we'll be putting out more content, not just the shows. We'll be doing more YouTube content as well. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, uh, make sure to give us a follow on social media at Delco Baseball if you have not yet. But for Ben and myself, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.